Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ball Girls. So today with us is special guest Bailey Carlin, formerly of Sports Illustrated in the XFL and currently meme goofing on Barstool Sports. So welcome Bailey. Hey, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for joining us. So we'll just dive right into it. Like I said, your past, you've had some incredible opportunities that you dropped out of grad school to take. Are you somebody who kind of, when an opportunity arose, you just kind of jumped on it? Or did you always plan to be where you are now? Um, I think that I, professionally, yes, personally, no, but like, I, I think I went to journalism school. So I had a journalism type background from that. I was like managing editor of my college newspaper, uh, freelance at a local newspaper where I went to college for like three years and then worked there full time as a senior. So like, I knew that was probably where, where I wanted to go. I just had a really bad internship at a newspaper and was like, I definitely don't want to work in print media because this just wasn't a great place to work at the time. And when I was working at this newspaper, like two thirds of the staff got laid off when I was there. Ended up taking on like a ton of responsibilities, which was awesome professionally because I was editing and doing a ton of stuff at like a decent sized newspaper. But it kind of scared me enough to the point where I decided to go to grad school to get a master's in education instead. And then got into a cool program, was teaching full-time, and the program paid for my grad school, so that was pretty cool. And then it was when I was in grad school, I was helping run a New York Knicks blog, and someone who works at Sports Illustrated reached out and basically said, hey, are you interested? Have you ever thought about working in social media? I think is what they said. And I said, honestly, I didn't really know that was a job. Like, I went to a very traditional, like, print journalism type school, so I had, like, a thousand Twitter followers. They're like, oh yeah, you kind of know what you're doing on here. Somehow got a job at Sports Illustrated before it like exploded and became kind of a disaster. I will say now I hate that I have to like preface it now by saying like, oh, when Sports Illustrated was still like something, but it's still fine. Um, but yeah, and then took that opportunity. The Sports Illustrated was purchased by a couple guys who I just didn't get along with. We had a couple confrontations, I guess you could say kind of, and I just decided I didn't want to be there anymore. And the day I decided I would leave SI, I checked my LinkedIn messages for the first time because I really liked my job at SI. Um, so I checked my LinkedIn messages for the first time in like seven months and I had a message from a recruiter at the XFL waiting. Took that job, was awesome until it wasn't <laughs> and the league folded and we all got fired. And then luckily had some people way more important than me say some really nice stuff about me on Twitter and it kind of got me a job at Barstool. That's Very amazing. Cool. Definitely yeah. your path. Oh, Haley was supposed to uh, interview who you were supposed to interview someone from the XFL. Weren't you in Florida? Yeah, so we were supposed to. We were in Tampa when the world ended. Okay. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> we were supposed to go on a Thursday, and like I had fought to go to the XFL. I was like, that's one thing I want to do while we're in Florida. Like everyone else, like Jordan, what did you do? Softball. So like Jordan, softball, softball and the Jays, yeah. And then the other group did like women's beach volleyball, and I was like, if we're doing something, like I'm gonna get to the XFL like football's my favorite sport I'm gonna do it and then like on the way there we like got the phone call and they're like sorry you can't come anymore and I was, yeah so were you like were you like an actual XFL fan or it was like an opportunity kind yeah, of like no. when it was going I won't be offended if you're not like I know that the XFL owes you a lot like severance and an explanation things like that nothing. They, oh they owe me they technically owe me nothing um but <laughs> they, I would have liked if they owed me a couple things but yeah <laughs> They owe me $30 for a Tampa Bay Vipers hat that I bought in Florida, but I, okay. I'm i a huge Ohio State fan, so DC was my team, because Cardale Jones, like, that was, mm -hmm. that was my stuff. So the first couple games, I Love had the line back there. At first, it said, like, Cardale Jones was, like, 13-0 as a starter, and then they got crushed, and then I had to change that side, but I genuinely liked the XFL, and then it 
cut it. That's good to hear. It's good to hear because a lot of people that I've talked to since, because you know, yeah, I, here's the thing, like people thought I was crazy for leaving SI, which had like, which was running out of runway, but very much had like, I mean, what up? the 80 years of established background yeah. and the people thought I was crazy leaving there. So people like weren't fully honest with me, I think on their opinion of the expo until it had kind of like gone kaput. And then they were like, Oh, you know, yeah, I always thought that was kind of a crazy move. Well, I was like, well, thanks for the heads up at the time. But yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think, I mean, it's going to be purchased by someone. I think, I mean, they keep emailing me asking for a laptop. I don't have <laughs> like, because they're like, the league's going to continue. And I'm like, I don't have the computer. I'm sorry. I don't know what you want from you guys. Um, who's, it's a very nice woman who's still there who ran the HR when I was there, but, they, the plan is for them to continue uh, and be purchased by someone else. But I, I don't have a particularly high confidence level that'll work out. Um, I think we did pretty much everything as well as we could do this time around and still didn't work out. But for the sake of like, I'm not a huge football fan, to be completely honest. I'm not even like a particularly giant sports fan. Like I like sports, but I, it's much, it's now much, very much the space I work in rather than like what I enjoy in my free time. But I think that happens when you start to work sports for a long time. But a long time. I'm 25, but I, <laughs> Murray, I'm three years, but I, I hope it works out. I just have kind of a low confidence level that it will be able to come back. Cause I, I, like, I just know the structure we had built in place, ton of talented people, ton of smart people doing a ton of good work, but I hope it is. Cause if it's an opportunity, even if one guy ends up in the NFL cause of it, I guess, I guess it's a win. Well, you look at all those guys who did get drafted in the NFL, like the, um, oh my God, I can't remember his name for the life of me now, the Renegades quarterback. Or the Roughnecks, one of the two. Their quarterback. PJ Walker, Roughnecks, yes, yeah. Yes. Great guy. Very nice. Very, very nice guy. Yeah, I genuinely was a fan. I just wasn't a fan of how it all went down. And like I watched it play out on social media. And now I have so many follows that I follow on Twitter who used to work at the Expo, but don't. And they're extremely talented people. But it's just kind yeah. of like, that's what I look at. And I don't like the Expo. I genuinely liked it. But then you look at like the AAF too, and you see like those kinds of leagues just. Yeah, I had a ton of XFL followers on Twitter, and they've all almost all since left, I believe. Like they have pretty much all. I I hemorrhage. I like hemorrhage followers on Twitter though. Like I like my followers say the same, but like I all add 220 followers in a day and lose lose 195 followers. Like I I absolutely hemorrhage followers on Twitter. So uh, some of them I know are XFL people, but some of them have stuck around. So that's good at least. So now you're at Barstool, and me and Haley. Um, love just amplifying women empowerment and you're under Erica Nardini now how is it to work under the token CEO yeah she's great um, so the way like the kind of like Barcelona thing happened I, I had someone reach out to me a guy named Gaz who's my boss now and he's basically in charge of all the social at Barstool and he texted me or he emailed me I think I got the email I tweeted like I want to say like 1245 that I got laid off from the XFL, I had an email from him by like 12.50. And he's like, hey man, just wanna like get on the same page, like see what's up, like first thing Monday mornings, did that work for you, it was a Friday. I'm like, yeah, um, had a couple of conversations with him. And then I was like, I was just trying to figure out what to do again. Like I said earlier, a ton of people said a, cut, a ton of like really kind stuff about me. Like Katie Nolan quote tweeted my tweet. And then the second that happened, I had like, like 30 people who emailed me were like, oh, we saw Katie Nolan's tweet, which is just what happens when Katie Nolan retweets you, I guess. <laughs> um, but a bunch of people reached out barstool was the first person i talked to and then what pretty much but i was weighing i was like i'd be lying if i said like i was weighing a ton of options and then erica i just randomly got a call from a i want to say like a massachusetts based number like just random call on my cell phone i was like laying on my couch and i'm like oh hello because i i think i thought it was a telemarketer and i'm like hello and she's like hey and i'm like oh wait i recognize that voice why well, i recognize that voice and she's like it's erica um it's erica and i'm like Hey, I, like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is Erica Nardini, but like, I hadn't been that far in talks yet. So he's Eric. I'm like, Oh, Hey. 
and then I had a nice she was like oh my god sorry like I'm an asshole I should have explained myself so I was in and then I had like a 45 minute conversation with Erica and she just like I didn't have particular concerns but she just detailed that she was just very kind and said she was a fan of my work and and liked what I was doing and knew who I was and like that was incredibly flattering because she's such a big deal and I've like respected her so much in the field um and just like when she when Barstool hired her and then just everything she's done since. And then I'd actually been following along with her token CEO podcast, which is what she kind of, cause I actually wasn't supposed to start my job until June 17th. And then a month early, she's like, Hey, why don't you like work on my podcast with me? I was like, and start full time. I was like, I, like, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because again, to get back to America, the American unemployment system was not particularly kind to me. And I hadn't received any unemployment pay like a good 40 days in. So it was nice to lock down a full time job. So it's been, it's been good since. I mean, it's been, it's been weird starting a job during quarantine, obviously, where you can't see anyone. Like I've yet to meet anyone I work with and it's been an, almost two months now, but it's been good. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So like you said, you kind of didn't realize that social media would be a job. You know, you, you had that print journalism background, but you see the tweets now about these bubbles and how they're saying you have one mandatory social media person. What do you think the role social media plays in teams now? Because it doesn't change the outcome on the field, but why is that so important in the sports world? That's, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I haven't thought about that myself. Um, and I probably should be. But no, I mean, working for, like, as someone who has worked for a league now, like, you see the significance in that 99.9% .9 of stuff that people are seeing in public now is on Twitter or on Instagram. And it seems like, I think, I think the perception from like outside the space is like, there's a ton of people working on these teams. But I mean, when I was at Sports Illustrated, there were three of us uh, at the XFL, there were, we had three social media editors. So like there were three of us and this was for the league and then each team had one. So like, it's a ton of, it's like a small number of people putting out like an absolute ton of content. And I just think there's like, that's, I hope that kind of gets maybe more recognized now. Like I hope people see that number, like only one person like in there and then they see that like the same amount of content comes out because it really is oftentimes just this one person really busting their ass and like just getting after it and i hope they recognize that um i i don't i know myself like i like my job right now i don't ever want to work for a league again i, I, I did not particularly like enjoy the experience of like how and i don't know if this was a product of working for vince mcmahon or if it was just kind of the product of working in for a league in general i think it's probably more the league in general but I just didn't like, I, I don't like the idea that I represent an entire league. Like that was said to me all the time. Like your tweets represent, I'm like, my tweets most certainly do not represent this entire <laughs> league. I'm like, that is not at all how it works. So I, I like the idea of kind of being able to be on the other side of separate and separate from things. But I mean, the importance is, is infinite. Like the important, like it's just 99.9% .9 of what everyone sees all the time now. And like so much of the time that's just coming from one person with their phone. Wow. Yeah. For so sure. If someone wants a career in uh, social media, would you say that their own, like you've created a brand for yourself, would you say that their own personal social media reflects them, uh, like for future employers that want to hire them? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't ever want to work for someone that doesn't let me say whatever I want to say. That's just like something I've kind of established. It's not the standard or the norm. I mean, there's like a fun, I guess I can tell the story now. Like there's like a funny story. Like when I got hired at the XFL, they ran, they run like a very in-depth full social media background check and I think I just deleted like 60,000 tweets recently because I I had to delete all my media tweets because I was getting like copyrighted by Twitter and they were going to delete my account but like I think I had like 180,000 tweets or something like that and 
they said they run like this full social media audit and they said usually like it'll flag a couple tweets whether it's like a curse word in a retweet or like something and my account they said like fl- had like a stack this big like they said usually it's like three or four pages because it's every retweet it's every tweet you've ever liked it's everything like and they had all <laughs> of that so my boss basically i had already announced i was leaving i already quit sports illustrated and like it was like out of here like screw you guys like done with this left like it was like i'm taking a month in between jobs i got like a call from who would end up being my future boss and he was basically like yeah like your background check like it's kind of like held up and i'm like oh and so like there's that and it was fine it was they thought i was saying particular language that i had just retweeted and like i probably shouldn't have maybe retweeted some stuff i did but it was it was nothing like i personally said myself like those tools are out there and the capabilities to check pretty much everything you've ever and like the likes was i like that i didn't realize was a thing so i was like oh why'd you like and i luckily like i had a boss that was who wasn't even my boss yet who who vouched for me and was very comfortable being like no he's good like i promise that doesn't reflect upon his character but like i wish i didn't have to go through that process you know like i wish like, and i didn't know any of this was going on at the time like i'm like leaving my job i'm like this is great i'm like tweeting that i got a new job um so like i'm personally of the like i don't like that like i i didn't like that i felt they could make a judgment call on me before like even really meeting me like it's an hr person who's just like running a background check i didn't like that i do think it's i mean someone's being canceled every five minutes so i think it's (laughs) it's obvious that like you shouldn't be saying anything that you like everything you do say does reflect upon you at some point in time like it's just going to and once you delete even when you delete something it's just it's never deleted i've deleted tweets and been able to recover them through different services and stuff like that so like even when you do delete something like it's never this is a great face you made after i said that but like <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah um so i mean i, I personally am up like but here's the thing i'm also in a fortune position that i've made a decent name for myself and i think my work speaks for itself and like I think my work kind of speaks for me more than like my because I also tweet errantly and I tweet stupid and I'm tweeting at people all the time and like it's always been like a running train of thought thing for me so I think when I'm being hired people kind of understand that's what's coming with me like that's almost why they're hiring me is because of my unfilteredness because I say whatever I want in there but there's a ton of jobs like pretty much if you're trying to get a job in the NFL I believe and like if you're trying to get a job in a ton of these places like where they're going to be hyper skeptical of that because if it's as easy as just running all your tweets through it through something and you get a million red flags and you run someone else's tweet if you're down to you're down to a thousand candidates and you run everyone through some sort of algorithm you can probably eliminate a ton of people without ever even really kind of finding out who they are which i don't love but it's just kind of the reality does that make sense that was an incredibly long-winded way to say that yeah no, it, it made sense i was embarrassed of like when i used to ask harry Styles to follow me 23 times a day did he ever follow no Many yeah, like, yeah, no, that's tough. Yeah, no, I, and like I, my early tweets were like me tweeting at Carmelo Anthony and being like, hey, like, can I get tickets to a game? And like, that stuff's funny to me. Like, I don't delete that. Like, I don't delete that stuff. But when I, I also had that year of teaching when I, ca- I kept a public Twitter account while teaching, which was like, so like, I, I think I deleted 7,000 tweets before teaching where I went through manually and like scrolled through every tweet I had sent. Um, that was a bit of an eye-opening experience for me, like stuff I was, but I've also been on Twitter since I'm 14 years old. So like, I, so like, there's a ton of stuff I was saying then that I don't think reflects upon me now, but we're also not really living in a space where it matters how old you were when you said something or anything. It's just whether or not you said it, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I kind of find that, well, there's a lot of problematic things about the cancel culture, but it's like a 13 year old now is like, well, I'm 13 and I know better. I'm like, okay, I was 13 in the year 2009, not 2020. Like, you know, it was a different space, but mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, I have a very important question to ask you. It's a little controversial, but 
what is your favorite Guy Fieri produced show? Oh, my favorite Guy Fieri show? Oh man, that's a tough question because I'm a really big fan of his two big ones. Um, I'm going to go with Guy's Grocery Games though. I'm going to have to go with Guy's Grocery Games. I've been very fortunate that just, but here's the thing, you talk about how embarrassing is to tweet Harry Styles. All I did was tweet at him a ton. Like, and it does help once you get very, like, it really is like the most pretentious thing. And I got lambasted by Katie Nolan on like my own podcast I have when I said this, but like the ver like being verified on Twitter makes it a, a world of difference. Like oh, yeah. having verified mentions. So like, I know when I'm spamming Guy Fieri ass, like just being like, love the show, here you go. And just like going up, like, I know he's gonna, like, I know who either him or whoever runs his account's going to see it. And then I was lucky that one of the kids who helps to manage his account just basically saw me excessively tweeting at him, DM'd me from his personal account. I made a nice connection there. And that's, he's been, he's been very kind to send along some, some merchandise and stuff like that. But excuse me, I'm going to have to go with guys grocery games. It's just, it's, it's good. It's quite, it feels faster than an hour, you know? Like, I mean, I'm not getting like food network is the reason I still have cable. Like no one has cable anymore. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like ditching cable and just getting streaming, but I, I physically could not do it because I I need access to food network. Um, I also worked from home for like six months and just food network in the background was just my go-to. So I'm going to go with guys grocery games. I love that. No, I also love that. You can't see it right now, but there's a picture that's him and Steve May Smith at the all-star game. Like that's yeah, like I tweeted photo. that from my no context account. That was one of my better tweets. That's like an actual photo of me, my sister, and Urban Meyer, but then it's just like Steve Smith and Guy Fieri. I love that. But no, I, I'm the same way. I love the Food Network. My friends used to make fun of me because I would go home and they'd be like, did you watch Bachelor? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I was watching Pitmasters. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a big Bachelor guy, so I can't speak to that. But I mean, yeah. we are too, but. <laughs> yeah, there's a, ba- that's, there's a Bachelor Pro pod. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yes. Did you guys watch Listen to Your Heart? I, oh my, I only watched two episodes and dipped out. I couldn't deal with it. There was that one girl. You didn't like, oh my God. There's this one girl, I don't even know her name. Was it Julia? She's just like, you're making out with him in front of me, even though they were coupled up. Like the one. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. I have, I have a couple, I actually have a couple mutual friends that ended up on that, on that television show. So I can't speak like two, because I don't. That I doubt some kid I was friends with in high school's girlfriend's friend's gonna listen to this podcast because I was on it, but you never know. So I'm not. I'm not, I try not to burn bridges if I don't have to. So no, I love that show though. I thought it was great. It was confusing when all of a sudden they had Jason Mraz on acting as a relationship expert, but I, I was here for the ride. I'll watch. I'll consume like um, I'll consume any Bachelor Bachelorette content. Oh, me too. Winter Games was my favorite. That's Winter why Games I- was fantastic. <laughs> So good. It makes me laugh that Claire is the bachelorette now because every time I look at Claire, I just see when two people say they're going to jacuzzi is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> in bachelor history. Uh, Winter Games is good. And I love Kevin. And, you know, Kevin had it. I mean, I just felt so sad for Kevin, although him and Astrid are together now. And I'm happy for them. But yeah. Winter Games was good, man. Winter Games got a lot of flack. And they're like, you saw, did you see they were supposed to have summer games and then it got canceled because of COVID and yeah. everything? To- no, Tokyo 2020. Yeah, no, I was very excited for that. Winter Games was everything. Yeah, like, poor Ben Higgins. I know he has a girlfriend now, but, like, my heart goes out to Ben Higgins. I don't feel bad for Ben Higgins. I feel like Ben Higgins probably lives a pretty good life, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you've been able to meet a bunch of different people uh, throughout your whole career. Who would you say is the most interesting that you've met? most interesting person i've met like i think um, even if because i think i seen on your instagram you ha- were in a call with a rod i wasn't a call with a rod but i didn't find a rod particularly interesting um like to be like i mean i think he's uh i think he's like fascinating from like an outside 
perspective of like what like the fact that he went from being like one of the most hated athletes in the world to people kind of like universally like him now I think there's there's like a level of fascination in that but I I don't like I don't really like he just wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't my favorite thing I'd ever heard um it was cool like seeing myself on zoom next to him now uh I'd say most fascinating person I've met Stone Cold Steve Austin was pretty cool um I interviewed him when I was a Sports Illustrated and I just think I like you expect these wrestlers like you expect these wrestlers to kind of like be who they are as their personas especially Stone Cold Steve Austin's been Stone Cold Steve Austin for what 35 years um he was just a very like gentle kind soft-spoken man and like we had some time to kill before my interview and I think at the time like the showrunner or whatever she was she was like, oh, do you, can you kill like 20 minutes with him? And I'm like, I think I could probably figure it out. But he was just like very kind, very nice, very soft-spoken. And that caught me off guard. And I, just, I think there's interest in that, the fact that he could just kind of like turn it on like that. I think that's interesting. Wow. That's, that's not somebody I would ever guess would be like your number one choice. Yeah. But, I wouldn't have either, I guess, until it just came out of my mouth right now, to be honest. But I think it's a good answer. No, that's a very good answer. That's a very good answer. But, um, I know on your Twitter, you've been very vocal and a huge advocate for mental health, you know, kind of speaking about it, and, you know, you're not ever struggling alone, but it kind of made me think of how, if you were to put yourself in an athlete's shoes, like we're all kind of in the same boat right now in quarantine, but to be in an athlete's shoes, having to choose versus like your health or your career, do you think that's taking a toll on people's mental health more than anything in their decision, whether they play or not this summer? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to any individual's decision. I'm, I'm lucky that like I, I just through my interviews and through my couple of jobs I've worked, I, I, I'd say I have like a handful to like maybe a couple more than a handful of just people who are professional athletes or play in like big leagues. And like, I haven't had like particularly like deep, meaningful mental health driven conversations with them, but I imagine it's weighing on them. Like, I, I mean, I think it has to be, especially when public perception is just like a click away of checking your notifications, you know, like you make a decision 30 years ago to do something. It doesn't really like it reflects on you and it, bears down on yourself but now I mean you make a choice whoa like this if you're an NBA player you decide not to play because just say your family's immunocompromised and you don't want to not see your family for three months and then you're like I don't think I'm going to play because it's basketball and it's at the end of the day like it's basketball and it's not the end of the world and you know you get lambasted and people call you a fraud and a phony and a million people are going after you on Twitter like I, I don't like, I mean, I work for Barstool. I, I write blogs for Barstool. I think the Barstool Sports comment section is the worst place in the entire world. Like, it's, like, moments after I post any blog, it's just, like, kill yourself, like, every single time. And it's just, like, terrible place. But, like, and I know, like, I'm used to that. And, like, the fact that, like, I've gotten used to it, I don't know if it's more of, like, and I've only been there a couple months. Like, I, I've also, I'm not, like, kind of afraid to, like, get in the mud on Twitter and argue with people and stuff. So I think as a result, my thin, my skin's probably thickened a little bit. But, that just because you're a professional athlete or because you're, you know, just because you happen to be a very good basketball player doesn't mean that you're like particularly great at accepting criticism and like have expert decision-making skills. I'd say a lot of the time you probably don't because you haven't had to make too many of them. Um, Cause I mean, your past pretty carved out for you when you're one of the best basketball players in the world for your entire life. Um, so, I mean, it has to be weighing on them. I feel for everyone making that decision. I don't like the idea that commissioners and coaches and owners are putting players in a position where they have to choose because it's almost impossible to not look like an asshole either way, I think. I mean, either you are beating yourself up over it or you're getting beat up by the general public on it. But I will say, like, I don't think just, like, the general sports fan of any city, especially New York, which I tend to be a sports fan of some in New York, I 
I think they've actually been more rational than I kind of expected them to and a slightly more understanding of people who are deciding not to play or making those decisions. And maybe it's just because, like, I'm a Knicks and Mets fan and it's just, like, misery anyway and it doesn't really matter what they do because they just stink. Um, maybe that has something to do with it. But, I mean, I can't imagine being faced with that choice. Like, I, I get faced with choices much less stressful than that every day and I probably stress way too much about it. So, like, I, I, I can't imagine – because because who you, you represent everyone at that point too and you don't want to let your teammates down you don't want to let your family down you don't want to let fans down it's i think it's an impossible position to put players in and it's kind of upsetting that a ton of people are are being forced into that position agreed yeah well i'm good <laughs> well, i have one last question for you now you're a Knicks fan how do you mm-hmm. feel about spike lee and that whole saga like what are your thoughts on that oh i mean james dolan stinks so like <laughs> anything anything that comes out of his mouth i have absolutely no no respect for i i mean i don't i don't know spike lee obviously i'm not <laughs> the type of person who would know spike lee uh but I, I like to think he's probably a good guy and i mean when when you unconditionally support an organization for 30 years i just think you earn a slight level of respect people are like well he was a jerk and came through the wrong exit and it's like well does it really matter like it's spike lee no one else is really knocking down the door to be the next famous nick celebrity knicks fan um so yeah no nah, i mean i hate james dolan i i don't give the knicks by money anymore i like I, I don't until he sells the team i won't i mean i i'm i have a friend that works at msg so i've luckily been able to get some free tickets to knicks games but i won't give them my money anymore until he sells the team so i'm definitely definitely team I guess I subscribe or I have cable and MSG is on cable so aside from that I don't really support the team monetarily so I'm definitely team Spike Lee in that in that breakdown fair enough well thank you so much for joining us Bailey really appreciate it yeah of course thanks for having me on I appreciate it all right thank you so much to our guest Bailey for joining us if you want to follow him on Instagram or Twitter it's at Bailey Carlin and you can listen to me and Goofin on Apple Podcasts so to jump into our little roundup today summer camp presented by camping world Not camp rock presented by disney channel <laughs> um literally reminds me of every stupid bull name when it's bull season i love bull season but it's literally like the pin- new era pinstripe bowl that's one the famous idaho potato bowl the tostitos fiesta bowl except now i'm pretty sure it's like the playstation fiesta bowl which makes no sense to me but i digress it used to be the tostitos fiesta bowl that makes so much sense yeah that's the best one that is the best one. Sugar Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Goodyear Cotton Bowl, a tire company. I love tires in my bowls. I love eating tire. It has nothing to do with football. I make everything about football. This is baseball. So, schedules came out today, but before we get into that, there's been a few headlines. Um, yeah, on Saturday, Tanaka got line drive dingered from Giancarlo Staten, the big machine guy. Uh, in the head, went down, I think he hit his hat off, uh, yeah, went down, and then he got escorted off the field, he walked off, so that was good, and then he stayed in the hospital and returned the next day, um, he was in full spirits, I'm pretty sure they said it was just a mild concussion, which is nuts, because I've had very small concussions, I got a concussion from hitting my head off a table, and getting a 112 mile per hour, like, ball hit at you, mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh, I mean, um, I hate to bring this up for the 18th time, but I can relate to getting a ball hit at me, not in the head. <laughs> it's it, your hand. <laughs> it did leave a giant bruise and it fucking hurt. It really did hurt. So imagine that into the head. But watching the video was crazy because everyone freezes. Like, yeah. nobody goes towards him at first because they're all, like, in shock. They're like, 
yeah. what do we do? And I know Stanton was asked, he's like, how are you? And everyone's, or everyone's asking him that. And he's like, as long as Tanaka's okay, I'm okay. But that yeah. must suck. Like, it's your teammate. It's the last person you want to hurt. And you hit a line drive right at his head. Oh, 100%. Oh, my. Because it, it, it was a simulated game. So, because yeah. at first, when I watched it back with my mom, we both were kind of like, oh, like, we get it's a simulated game. But, like, when you stand behind a pitching net anyways, if it's not an actual game. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I ended up doing different. it the next day. Good. Uh, good, good. Yeah, that's good. Um, don't know how he's even fine right now. I would have just been dead on the sidewalk. Just 100%. Like, nope. Not playing. Sorry. My apologies. I remember I got, like, I've been hit a few times, uh, like, in the mask, like, from, like, a foul ball, like, behind the plate, like, being... Right, sure, sure. Yeah, and I just, like, even if it doesn't hurt or anything like that, like, I'll just lay there because I'm stunned, too. Well, like, exactly. There's been times where I just lay there and I'm like, hello? <laughs> Am I alive still? Yeah, no, that's crazy, but we wish him, I know he's okay, but recovery speedy concussions are never great because they're so tricky the thing you is with, like the thing is with getting hit too is like you're gonna always remember like have that fear now because like I got hit in the mouth by a ball once and now I'm scared to even catch a ball sometimes because of that so exactly he's a pitcher they're gonna fly back at him sometimes 100% yeah but other than Tanaka we've got a few players who are very nervous about their return yeah so, so we have a lot of players are saying that, like, what's happening right now with the MLB, like, they're not, like, the safety protocols, what they thought they were signing up for to come back for the season, it's not, like, following through. Uh, you've had teams, uh, Astros, I believe, I think Oakland, and then Nationals had to cancel uh, practices because of the long weekend in the States. The tests were delayed. So even the Jays, uh, some of them came back or haven't even come back yet. Some of them are still in Florida because someone tested positive. But it's all—it's still confusing. But yeah, players are having to miss out on team workouts. So you have the Yankees practicing, but then other teams can't even do that yet or do team workouts. Yeah, no. I mean, the Yankees have the luxury of being back in New York, and obviously Toronto is coming back to Toronto. But you know, you see on Twitter players like Mike Trout—he's running around with a mask on. Like, yeah, we're we're aware that masks don't change your oxygen levels, but it's not easy. You know, it's very uncomfortable at first. It takes some getting used to. So. You know, it's hard enough for me to walk down the subway stairs with a mask on. I couldn't imagine, like, trying to round the bases in that thing. Oh, it was just such a big, like, F you to everyone who's just like, oh, I don't can't wear a mask because it, does it doesn't do anything to your oxygen. Like, I, uh, God, a few days ago, I was walking with my mom, and because I had a thick mask on and it was, like, 35 freaking degrees outside, I was dying a little, but it had nothing to do with my oxygen. I was literally sweating because a black mask was on my face. yeah. Like, Maybe my cardiovascular health, but not like oxygen levels. That's, that's like a me issue, you know? <laughs> that's, that's on me. That is on me and my lack of going to the gym before this pandemic. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Next caller. No, but then you have players expecting children, bearing children. So they're not bearing children. They're going <laughs> to do it all. They do it all. They don't stop. Um, yeah, no, they, um, you have, God, I don't know why I just blanked out there staring at a tree, but Mike Trout and then Bryce Harper, they're both having children soon. Mike Trout is expected in a month 
his child. So he's very scared about contracting it and giving it off to his wife. I don't know why I keep saying girlfriend. I don't know what the relationship is there. I forget. But his partner. Yes. Lady with child. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's sad because like I just had a baby, co- like my cousin just had a baby yeah. and we've been nervous. I haven't even seen the kid yet. So for a player who's going to be traveling on the road, you're in encounter with so many different people right now scary for sure and like we said to bailey like you know it has to take a mental toll as well it's not just the physical health like you know it's hard enough not seeing your family being an athlete you know i know from my extensive knowledge of watching hockey wives that you know they struggle they never get to see their husbands so let alone now even when your husband's done playing you can't see him for an extra like two weeks to a month because he's got to self-isolate because you can't give your newborn child covid no yeah oh my god it's just so sad and then oh just sean doolittle he was doing a zoom press conference kind of thing just uh, but uh basically he was just like sports are a reward of a functioning society like we took precautions and it lasted what he said a week he's just like and then for the long weekend everyone just went out and partied like you expect us to be fine and just have sports but then he basically was just saying like fans you guys need to wear a mask you guys need to do blah 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 blah. wash your hands social distancing you know all the stuff but yeah it's sad seeing it is sad. and it's like the same people who are going to complain about people who don't want to come back are the same ones who won't wear masks or social distance like you look at europe the premier league did like 2500 tests and i'm pretty sure like one percent maybe came back positive like because they're actually taking it seriously. Today in Ontario, there was literally zero deaths. Zero deaths because of COVID today in Ontario. Yeah, we've been doing really good here in Canada. We have been because we're taking it seriously. Not even for sports, just for these are human lives. Who yeah. cares about sports? These are human lives at risk. You know, I've actually been so like, because <clears throat> I feel bad. Like, we both have so many people that we know in the States and like, I've had them tell me like, we, we hate it right now. Like, we're going to have to go back into lockdown and that sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And then I see other people, like I saw this guy, I know, like in Las Vegas and he snapshotted this massive crowd and I was like, y'all, I hate to say it, but you're going to get what you deserve. Yeah, there's guys I know, um, they're on YouTube, whatever, they're big on YouTube. And uh, yeah, they went to Vegas on a private jet and they're partying. I'm like, like yeah, it, it costs $1 to not be a fucking idiot. Literally, it actually is free. It's free. Otherwise, for $1. I'm charging you. You owe me $1 every time you're an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's just ridiculous. And you, you know, you've seen big name players like David Price now has opted out. Like, yeah, that's you. Who aren't risking it. But in, in the most ironically funny way, so Toronto got the go ahead. They don't need to quarantine. They're coming back to Toronto. And their schedule, they're playing against the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa. It's mental illness, isn't it, darling? Mental illness, and that I, I, uh, God. And then, like, <laughs> I don't understand what the MLB is doing. The tests are delayed, so it's not even what they're saying that they're going to do for health and safety precautions. And then you have um, they, they're talking about fans coming back at fifty percent capacity. Yeah, like that's been in the talks too. They're saying, yeah, we're starting off no fans, but they want to gradually grow. 50% capacity like just do you oh my like I understand money is business business money sports are money blah 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 all that shit yeah, but, but that's like, all it's about like you, you literally like, don't care about your fans you don't care about your players you don't care about anyone you staff, care about nothing. 
nope, no one. Because think you're gonna have to bring in more staff to do ticketing and you know line managing and concessions and all that stuff. So you're literally bringing more people into the venue to be susceptible to COVID. That is so selfish. Yep, it's and then if they even said wear a mask policy to a game, that's not happening. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally, it is my it's actually my right to not wear a mask. It is my. As one Andrew Bernard would say. Oh, oh my god. If I had a dollar for every time I saw somebody say it's their freedom, I would be rich enough to just buy the world and give everyone masks. It's You'd be homes. You'd have 400 mil in the bank. 450 mil. Reading's hard. Made his money, but anyways. Hmm. The last thing we will touch on in the MLB franchise, the MLB franchise, why did I say that? <laughs> It's a long day since Canada Day last weekend, it, or last week. It like this whole. It's just slow. It's it, been, we're island time. It literally has been such a week. But the Cleveland Indians put out a statement that they're looking into a name change, which is huge steps, and will bring us into our next topic about the Redskins. They are the ones who kind of started this whole snowball of we're not going to be racist anymore. But, yeah, they put out a statement that they're going to investigate it. But the reason that it all started was because the Redskins, because they play at FedEx Field, FedEx Stadium. I don't know. I've never been to Washington. I think it's FedEx Field. And FedEx basically said, we're not going to pay for this stadium anymore unless you change your name. And Dan Snyder is a douchebag and doesn't deserve to own the Redskins anymore. But I'm sure that kind of was like a wake-up call for him, being like, I can't afford this stadium because the Washington Redskins cannot win football games, so get a bit of a table here. Yeah, so just it. I got even into a Twitter fight today about it. I don't know why it's it cost zero dollars to not be racist either. Um, Literally, and people will be like, "Oh, like we're not racist. We just love the name of like, Cleveland Indians, or we love uh, the Redskins. Even Kansas City Chiefs is vaguely like I don't think anything's going to go with them with the name change, but that's still inherently." Yeah, like, I'm, a, I'm a Blackhawks fan, but if they changed the name, I wouldn't be like, oh, but I love it. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you're still going to have Kane and Taves, so you're fine. That's all I care about, truly. The, changing the name does not mean the players are going to leave. Whoever's paying them, they will stay. And, like, the big thing with all of this, and it gets me so angered. So, in my undergrad, I was able to do social media coordination for a Masters Indigenous game. Um, I forget what year it was, 2017, 2018 now. Um, and we had to do a, like intensive training on indigenous culture and all that stuff. So, and like, I would have just kept saying, uh, first nations, which is wrong. And I'm going to give you a little lesson on why it's wrong. So first off, Indians is not even, it's not even saying it's politically incorrect. It's actually just not correct at all because your boy, Christopher Columbus set sail to the new world, thought he was going to the East Indies, uh, no, ends up here and discovers, uh, Aboriginal people, well, the First Nations, so the original, the people native to that land, which is North America, and um, yeah, no, he was too prideful, and he was like, no, these are Indians, yep, these are them, so that guy sucks, anyways, um, but then I probably wouldn't be here, I wouldn't, I would not be here, but <laughs> anywho, um, yeah, no, so how that's so wrong is, first off, you can tell he, it was, he labeled them wrong, mm-hmm. that's the first uno, um, I had to write down the notes here because my mind gets jargoned on this stuff. But anyways, so First Nations, people that are that were here first, okay. Inuit, or people that are 
or natives to Arctic regions more. So Canada, Greenland, um, I don't know, just the Arctic, I don't know why I'm not thinking right. Like none of the Northwest Territories in Canada. Um, and then you have Métis and my grandmother is, I think the last status in our family. I think she, she got the Indian status card because that's what it's called with the Indian Act. So it's not me saying Indian, whatever it's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it is tricky. So, and I tweeted out a link to understand the terminology more. Um, so I usually try to say indigenous or aboriginal uh, communities, but yeah, Métis is if you're mixed ethnicity with uh, First Nations with European. So I'm Métis. I'm not, I don't know too much about my background with that, but Métis French. So it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it's, the thing is like, you're wearing headdresses and scarves. To, uh, like it hasn't happened as much anymore, but like you still see the red face paint. See, like if I see a white guy wearing a headdress from a culture he's not a part of, like even me, I just said my grandmother has it in her blood. I'm still not going to a game and doing that. No, and it's like, the thing is too, even just cultural appropriation is so wrong. Like that is people's heritage that you're making fun of for fashion or for leisure and sport or whatever. But the amount of trauma that these people have been through, like the amount of people who don't understand that residential schools, A, they don't even know what they were. B, they don't understand that they were on to the late 90s. Even I just learned about Starlight Tours, which is disgusting, where they would take intoxicated men, where yes, public intoxication is a crime, but they would take these intoxicated men in the middle of like Saskatchewan and out west in Canada and leave them out in minus 40 weather and say, find your way home. And they've driven them like 20 kilometers from home. So they freeze to death. Like, it's disgusting. The amount of reserves here in Ontario that still don't have clean drinking water, like... Big one. Big one right there. Like, that's the thing. When people are saying change the name, it's not like, oh, my culture is not your sports team. It's like, not only is my culture not your sports team, but the year is 2020 and you still don't respect my culture as people. So we're not standing for this. Like you said, it costs zero dollars to not be racist. It also costs zero dollars to educate yourself. Honestly, Google... Google's great. I don't know why I studied on Google, but no, like exactly. And the, they have such a high rate of suicide rates compared to non-Aboriginal. For instance, I have the, I have the stats down for men. So for non-Indigenous men, it's 24 uh, per 100,000. But for Indigenous males, it is 126 per 100,000. That is 102 more. That is nuts. And the same for women. They never leave the communities either. They have no real chance out of education or employment like it's so slim to none for them kind of things that's the right I don't know if I said that yeah, right. slim to none, yeah, yeah but it's true like I remember so I went to school in the Haldeman track so I was really like I was grateful but also I was lucky I guess to be able to work closely with the Indigenous Student Center at Laurier but you know they educated me so much I didn't know any of this but even I took a sport literature class and one of the books we read was about the thing is too, they get shunned if they, you know, want to be more whitewashed or whatever and have a better chance of life, then they get shunned from their families and their communities. That's where you grow up. Can you imagine trying to get a better life, get a better life, you know, like maybe if the government would give them clean drinking water, they could have that. But if they try and venture off their reserves for this better life, then they get shunned from everyone they know. Like, yeah, it's... you can't, you can't win. And then you see people, oh, they're lazy. They think you get education for free and they just don't want it. They don't have the access to the opportunity. Like, yeah. Why is that a hard concept? There was a, I don't know who exactly said it. I think my brother was having a conversation with someone and they basically said that the stereotype that natives are alcoholics. My brother lost it on, like, I forget honestly who it was that said it. 
Uh, but yeah, my brother went off. My brother usually doesn't go off on that kind of stuff. So kind of good to see that from him. But um, yeah, it's it's upsetting. And for instance, like Haley mentioned, the residential schools, literally 1996. I think you were born in 1996, the year you were born. That So let me tell you what a residential school is real quick. Canadian government uh, funded schooling where they would take children from their uh, native reserves, um, put them into schooling, cut their hair, make them dress in like little suits. Even if they had a sibling in the same school, they would separate them and they wanted to, literally, if you look it up, the term was shake the native out of them or shake the Indian out of them. It's in these people that left after they don't see their families ever again. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like they get taken yeah. away from their families or even if their families, they're sold on this dream that is not the dream at all. And then they go to these schools and then they never get to see their families again because they, you know, they left their culture or whatever. And then they get, you know, I think there's something as well. I can't confirm, but I genuinely remember reading something about the sterilization of pregnant native women as well, basically, or native women in general, trying to sterilize them so that they wouldn't reproduce. Like, how messed up is that? It's, it's, and it was literally only a year before I was born, a year Haley was born. Just, yeah. Like, and that's the thing too, like, you know, people in Canada look at other countries and they're like, oh, we're so great. It's like, oh, no. Homegrown. So we're all those missing and murdered Indigenous women. You think we forgot about that? Yeah, look into that too, guys. Honestly, like, next. There's so much. I had someone ask why should the Fighting Irish not change their name and I think that's a good conversation for next week so we can continue this conversation but I please urge you to just even take five minutes out of your day and just read an article on the whole why the mascot controversy is so large. Yeah even if you just need to educate yourself on one topic look up residential schools or look up starlight tours or look up the sterilization of native women. Look, look up the local crisis, Indian Act, there's many yeah. options. Yeah there's yeah so much but other than that because that is a sad but true topic you know it's hard it's hard to get heavy sometimes but it's the real world we live in so educate yourselves people but the reason we brought it up was football so two two big headlines first of all cam newton is a new england patriot that was the most random thing out of last week <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't understand why. Like, Cam Newton is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. And, like, Cam Newton in college at Auburn, he was everything. He's been dominant with the Panthers. Like, that year they went, what did they go? Like, 13-0, and 0, and then they ended up losing or something like that. Um, they had that one crazy year. Like, Cam Newton is incredibly athletic. He's a huge guy. He can run the ball. He can move in the pocket. He's amazing. But just, like, his style of play is so different than Tom Brady, and that's the – center of the Patriots that they have had for the literal last 20 years. I just don't understand what's going on in good old Bill Belichick's mind. Well, we knew his dog was up to no good, good, no good during the draft. (laughs) (laughs) Like he was doing that kind of thing, but uh, that was just a random shock. And um, so I have a good friend, uh, Chrissy, I'll link her and I'll tweet it out and then I'll tag her kind of thing. She has gone in shit for being a woman in sport lately, and it's complete. It's disgusting. But she is so knowledgeable on football. So, and she actually predicted why Cam Newton would be a good fit for the Patriots. So, I'm going to link it because that girl deserves some recognition. That's my piece on that. Yeah. I only follow the women. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, another big quarterback, uh, Pat Mahomes. He he secured that bag. Yeah. 
secure that bag. He, um, he's going to be getting $450 million on a 10-year extension. Basically, all of that money is guaranteed. He gets a guaranteed $50 million bonus in 2026. I think the signing bonus is only $10 million, only because the amount due to like roster bonuses and things like that, that he basically is guaranteed the whole $450 million. Um, it's insane to see what he's done with the Chiefs. I mean, obviously, he had a great team around him, like Kelsey and Hill and all those players. But just, like, he's literally 24 years old. I'm going to be 24 later this year. And I have none of the money nor athleticism that he has. But just to see, like, even that Super Bowl comeback. Like, I wasn't expecting that. And he was just like, you know, a second half team, I'm not giving up. Just not, like... I'm just back my head around the money. I'm not even good with numbers, and that's a lot of numbers to me. So, no, that's insane. Like, I don't. First of all, nobody needs that much money, but he definitely is worth it. You know, he. Uh, what is it? Very vanilla day. That just yes, on Canada Day, July first. Yeah, July first. So he gets paid one point nine million years from the Mets because he was given some giant contract that he didn't deserve, but. Patrick Mahomes definitely deserves this, and it'll be interesting to see what the Chiefs do next year. Honestly, I'm very excited for the NFL season, only with, like, the giant moves that have been made, like yeah. Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm so Tampa Bay Rays. He's a baseball player now. Blake Schnell is my favorite quarterback. <laughs> but, like, you know, you need Cam Newton to the Patriots now. Like, it's nuts. I'm so excited to see what's going to come about, you know, seeing Joe Burrow be behind that bangles of bangles bangles offensive bangle bracelet yeah <laughs> sorry i like can't speak english it's like i say bagel weird apparently sometimes but whatever but yeah that'll be very interesting to see i'm excited i'm very ball. excited yes go brownies so team um but we're not gonna go on a browns rant right now we're not gonna do that so anyways there's been some basketball moves, or what's happening with that? So, I mean, basketball is starting up, kind of, except, like, the Bucks have closed their practice facility. What's happening to Giannis, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a mess. Everything that's happening in Florida genuinely is a mess. You know, the WNBA just flew up today, so we'll see how that goes. Like, the NWSL return has gone pretty well, so hopefully the WNBA's has. But no, what I'm most excited about is the – through the basketball tournament aka tbt throwback thursday because what it is it's a tournament with all former ncaa players and last year carmen's crew won which is ohio state led by the love of my life aaron Kraft. so because we were shorted of more madness this year which we were literally in tampa when that was all happening i remember so i think it was jake was like Indiana men's team just left that halftime, yeah. not coming back. Um, but uh, it's a little bit of college basketball, a sprinkle. It's not the same at all. March Madness is like everything, but it's just interesting to see, you know, those players. You kind of wonder what happens to people when they don't make it in sport, like these big yeah. names in college. It's like what happened to them afterwards. I know Aaron Kraft is like a doctor. He played Neo for a while. I'm pretty sure he has his doctorate. So, like, oh. he'll be fine. But you know, you have these players that you love in college. It's like, what happened to them? I was just saying to Bailey, Cardale Jones, he was one. He was amazing in college, wasn't really an NFL caliber quarterback, never made it anywhere. The XFL was kind of his chance. This tournament's kind of a chance for these guys to be like, you know what, I can still ball. So oh. it's it'll be interesting to see. It literally just started. 
I think on Saturday. So oh. I'm not really happen too much, but I wanted to bring attention to that because I'm probably going to tweet about Aaron Craft. He's the love of my life. He has a wife and a child, but I don't care. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn, this is Wendy's. Hey, adulteress. <laughs> easy A, like Easy Haley. My nickname in high school. Just kidding. Boys didn't talk to me in high school. <laughs> that was a lie. I'm sorry. This is how my brain works. Talking about boys not talking to me. Uh, the NHL is. <laughs> I hate my life. Oh yeah, the NHL coming back. All that fun stuff. So they've looked into phase three and four of yeah. returning to play. The secure zone. Yeah, I just. The thing is, what's happening now, they're, like, refining, it's, like, it was really long. There were many terms. I was trying to comprehend them all. It was basically, like, if a player gets COVID, he's deemed ineligible, and then yada, yada, yada. It's it's a lot of jargon, yeah. truly. But with what's happening now, with, like, the NBA going to Orlando and then everything getting shut down, and, like, literally all the baseball teams now that are closing facilities, I just... I think it's still too rushed for them to come back. And I know they're aiming for late July, but we're a week into July now. You've yeah. got like three weeks to try and pull this together. If that, I feel like it's too, well, I don't know. But I think it's, like, it's nuts. And that even just past few days, you've just seen Jake Vertanen out at a club getting bottle, bottle service, wearing a works crew hat. But then at that point, I'm also conflicted because it's against Lepchik. So it's kind of like, okay, we'll give him the pass on this one. But... <laughs> like please don't spread COVID but also like keep doing it wear that hat <laughs> but um yeah no, I think 23 players to- or I think is it players 23 p- individuals who got tested with the NHL 23 people are positive I don't know why I had to say it like that yeah, um, it was 0.8% so truly it's not a lot but it's like you want that number to be zero you don't want to be like oh it's less than 1% we're gonna slide it under the rug especially in the country that has the highest cases recorded like yeah you want to be squashing that curve you don't you don't just want her to stay steady no 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 this is when you want it to go off a cliff but uh it's very confusing like you were saying with all the well the secure zone first off we're both in toronto haley's downtown so pray for you thoughts and prayers but having 12 teams going to be coming because i believe it's east and west so west is in edmonton east is here it's going to be like the World Cup, World Cup of Hockey all over again in Toronto. So it's going to be – here's the thing. They have, like, section bubbles, whatever, and then there's, like, questions like about if someone leaves the bubble and has to come back in kind of thing. Um, everyone has to wear, like, name tags all the time, and then they sanctioned off, like, some dining, like, hotels. Um, they, got, they get their groceries done for them, I think, something like that. And they're uh, going to have their families get, like, deliveries for groceries and stuff like that so they never have to, like, see them. Yeah, and then I see there's no dress code, so can't okay. wait. Fashion draft 2.0. <laughs> oh my god, can we please jot it down? Bubble edition draft. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, ladies in Toronto, get your bubbles ready because men will be bored in the bubble and have nothing better to do. But then you need a credential, so <laughs> I'm really good with Photoshop. You can hit me up. Oh my god, but um, no, I what I well, like, I'm thinking like Toronto, it's big hockey city like everyone knows that yeah hockey hall of fame is here but uh, original six team but anyways the fans here are crazy so you're gonna tell me the fans aren't gonna try to enter this bubble and then it's gonna be a shit show because it's definitely gonna happen i even so when i worked at mlsc i would come like i came out of the parking garage one time 
and people were looking in my car like this trying to see if I was a player and I'm sitting there on my dog's journey like oh 100% and it's not even just like people are gonna assume that's like crazy fangirls no no one time this is a funny story one time there's this restaurant in Kitchener that we it's one of my favorite restaurants we always go there well, one time Ty Domi was there and my dad literally chased Ty Domi through this restaurant to get a photo with him. And it's like me, my dad, my sister, and Ty Domi. And we're like awkwardly over this table because my dad was like, it's Ty Domi. Gonna go Ty Domi. Like, Can you relax, sir? Like, oh my God. Okay, so actually kind of a similar story to um, the last one I said. So my boss was leaving one day and like he, I don't know how tall, he's a pretty tall, dark-skinned man. And uh, I guess they thought he was a Raptors player. He could definitely pass as a Raptors player. So these fans are like, autograph, please. And he just started signing autographs. <laughs> he, just, just, he just works for them. He doesn't actually play. I love that. That's so funny. I don't think of somebody, one of my coworkers said that there was apparently some Raptors player in our store buying like a $3,000 bottle. But I was like, this is also coming from a 75-year-old man. So I don't know. His vision might not be good. So... <laughs> He might just be like a tall Siakam. Literally. He was like, it's a tall one. They just signed for seven million. I'm like, who's only signing for seven million? It's not a lot of money when He's you're in really That's what I'm saying. Who agreed to that contract? Not me. Not Patty Mahomes. Not Patty Mahomes. That's for dang sure. But uh, yeah, that's all we got from me and the sty in my eye. So <laughs> So thank you guys for joining us once again, and we hope you enjoyed. Enjoy it. It's a long one.